condition, my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. The f you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. Hello, and welcome back to Jacks. I'm tomorrow. Great purpose on the board in rainy, rainy Chicago this morning. Rainy and uh, bad traffic in Chicago. Bad traffic all the time. When it rains, it just gets worse. SP Futures up 17, NASDAQ Futures 89 as we try and do a up week here to make up for last week's bad week. We'll see how see how this goes. Uh, a lot of a lot of crosswinds in the market that we've been talking about. A lot of a lot of crosswinds in sports. Uh, boy, it's a good thing the. Uh, by the way, I listened to a what's the guy's name? Matt Eberflus last night. They're going to fix it all this week. It's just a question of a few mistakes, and they know right where the mistakes are, and they're going to fix them this week. Uh, great they week. fix them, huh? Uh, is that? I think what's the military term foobar? Yeah, no. <laughs> they've yeah. got they've got some issues. Yeah. Love looked uh, pretty dominant over a team that probably should have been a lot closer, but last year uh, I'm going to say the Bears had out of 22 starters had maybe four or five people that could start for any other team and they might be up to like eight or nine. They're still not even close to being a real team, I don't think. Yeah, at least they're not the Giants, though. Well, the Giants are playing the, the Cowboys, and the Cowboys' offensive line shoved them all over the field. Yep, shut out. Yeah, I mean, uh, look <laughs> at some of those some of those offensive linemen. There was uh, the game now is on. I guess how did ESPN get it away from uh, CBS? But they did the Bears radio. Uh, <clears throat> I'm listening to this guy at uh, halftime, and he goes, uh, "Is the Bears coaching staff since their offensive line?" At best, was new, and now they lost the one guy. So they've got <coughs> Cody Whitehair was supposed to be playing center, which is real spot playing guard again. So now he goes. They they mix this up with you know you know it's a 17 game season, but they decide that in all the exhibition games these guys aren't going to play. He goes. They look like a line that's playing their first reps in the first game of the year, because they are. Yeah. <laughs> they they look exactly like they haven't had any reps together because they have it. You yes. know it's. You know, I mean, you know, I don't know, how, I don't know how you combine those two things. I mean, you really don't want if you're thin already there, you don't want to play in a whole exhibition game and somebody getting hurt. I get it, but you also, you also have to this have some. Coach of the Eagles, uh, Sirianni, I'm he was sure. on afterwards saying like, yeah, we we didn't do, we didn't do uh, a lot of preseason anything together. I've already got that in my notes. <laughs> you know, we're gonna, we're gonna do it next year. We're gonna have the first team taking reps because that was too close. 
Yeah. Whereas, uh, yeah, I, although, you know, you, the Bears are the Bears, so good luck well, they, to them. Well, they've, they've drafted poorly for like a decade. And they, yeah, and they, they a just, decade. And they just don't have enough people. Two decades. Yeah, I mean, they don't, they, most teams, I did a, a shtick on them, I don't know how many years ago, because I was getting known to grief. I was ragging on a big time about their uh, about their drafts, and I went back, and I couldn't compare them to everybody, but well, it's unfair to compare them to Green Bay, because Green Bay is actually a very good drafting team. But this was, uh, who they, who's the guy they got from Denver? They gave up like 12 picks, they, not 12, but they gave up a lot of picks for the quarterback. Jay. Yeah, uh, Jay Cutler. Yep. And uh, so I went back, and the, and the Bears, over. I took like a seven-year period, seven or eight-year period, whatever it was, and the Packers, you know, you draft, you draft seven rounds, right? Well, the Packers, out of the seven rounds, there's like 49 people. I went back like seven years. Now, of course, you got free agent signing. This is a sloppy survey, but it was a survey nonetheless. Out of like the 49 guys that they picked, something like 28 or 30 were still in football someplace, and like 20 of them were on the Packers. Meanwhile, the Bears, instead of having like the 49 picks, had like 30 because they gave half of them away, and they had... Maybe, maybe like eight people still in football and like three of them on the bear. It was, it was unbelievable, the difference. I mean, I, I, I knew it was bad, but I, had, I just probably, maybe I just picked the, you know, the lucky years or something like that. But it was, the difference was absolutely dramatic where the people like not only not on the bears, but not even in football. <laughs> you, know, I, I just, you know, I just, well, you're supposed to have. In important news, fantasy news is what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the top QBs, you got Tua, Kirk, Cousins, and Stafford. And then rushing, probably McCaffrey Eckler, and uh, receiving, it was exactly how it was projected. I mean, Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson just absolutely lit it up. So, what about the dude in uh, San Francisco? Ayuk. Uh, oh, San Francisco. Yeah, McCaffrey and Eckler. Oh, okay, I thought I, I, yeah. I missed, it, missed that one. Uh, those guys look good. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and that was exactly as predicted. So, so who's the who did, yeah for the first week? Who who we like in the well, Eagles, we San Fran, and. Uh, and um, Dallas, who else? They name another team in the NFC. It's good. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, well, it's too early. Yeah, well, it's early, but they. I mean, San Francisco the looks good. <laughs> uh, Broncos. Uh, yeah. Bears. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I. I uh, Cardinals are. I mean, uh, there's some horrible teams in the NFC. Well, as as a, as a, in a very weak moment, I uh, as everybody else on the show is predicting the Bears like, you know, ten and seven and nine and eight. I, at a, at a very generous tone, because I think they're... I'll say 4 and 13. Well, I, I put... I had 8 and 9. I, I better revise oh, that. Yeah, right. I, I had to revise that to 5 and five and 12. Right. By, by, for sure. I mean, it's... Because I don't, I don't see how they... I thought they'd beat the Packers here. They're going to lose to Detroit twice. They're going to lose to Minnesota <laughs> twice. They're, they're not going to... Might not win a game in the division. Well... You know, no, Minnesota might not be that good, Tom. How good do they have to be? Well, Cousins... Oh, I, that's cousins true. Well. I, I guess... The Bears are probably the weakest team in that division. They, they, I mean, they really do need like seven more people. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's it's not. I, I mean, I guess it's somewhat criticism, but it, it I mean they really don't have. Is is there anybody in the offensive line except maybe the kid they just drafted that anybody even wants? Cody Whitehair, maybe. I mean, the Lions beat the Chiefs. That's something. Yeah, well, the Lions got a solid team. I mean, they, yeah. Uh, you know, the coach, I think he's not the world's best last two-minute guy. But, hey, while, while Mike's on, how about shifting a little bit to the, uh, the uh, <laughs> first of all, the Irish game. Uh, you think, did you watch any of that, uh, Greg? 
Uh, I watched, I watched like maybe ten minutes. wasn't enough to really get no. an idea who was good. Well, they they had this lightning delay, right? And uh, so there's an hour and forty five minutes. And then uh, what's her name? Who's who's the the Irish lady who was the, the sideline reporter kept giving all those reports and stuff. She said Holly Rowe. Molly McGrath, I think. Ma- yeah, th- yeah. How, how did I know she was Irish? Molly McGrath. Uh, <laughs> so she, she's talking about how the difference between the home team and the visiting team in terms of the lack of rooms and what you get and so forth. Because the vi- visiting teams don't have any like chow or anything. So evidently they, they had to send a couple of guys out to buy a bunch of hot dogs for everybody to have a, a bite for the two-hour delay. right? So the guys were munching on a hot dog. And the visiting team doesn't normally bring a whole new set of uniforms. So first thing the home team does is go in and take off their uniforms, put on some dry shorts and T-shirt, and sit there until it's ready to get time to get dressed again. Of course, they put on all dry and new clothes. So they should have a, a huge advantage. The Irish come out of first place from swimmers. The guy runs 80 yards for a touchdown. But all they did was bitch, the announcers, about how the, the game was supposed to be on. Was on, uh, what is it? Was on ESPN News or something, Mike? Meantime, yeah, they switched. They kept moving it around. But, but they, uh, but, they absolutely you know, they abused. have to expect that. So, but they absolutely abused. You think they would give anybody a break in the second half about commercials? I never saw so many commercials. I, I kept hitting pause <laughs> and going and doing something else, and come back a half hour and buzzing through in ten minutes and catching up and going to something else again. I mean, they, right. I mean, wow. I mean this, they don't you think they could have cut a few of them out, knowing that they were behind a game, basically? No, they. Uh, They've got to make that money, Tom. Aren't you, you know that better than most. Well, how do, how do you? Why would you ever go to a ball game again after that? If no, I did. agree, and I know that that's what uh, has stopped you from attending the game because of that Central Florida game or South Florida, yep. whoever it was that was playing at Notre Dame. So, so Mike, I do uh, agree with you. Just think of the people that were at the Virginia Tech Purdue game. Yeah, what, I mean, what happened there? What lasted happened there? about twelve hours. What happened there? Well, they you know they were caught in the same storm, probably worse storm than what the you know Notre Dame and NC State, and they they just never restarted the game until about seven or eight o'clock at night, and that game also started at noon. Wow. Uh, we're gonna ask Greg. Greg, do you know the rule on restarting the game in the ACC? I didn't know it was there. I thought that was an NCAA thing. Uh, it's a, oh, the NCAA doesn't, doesn't seem to do anything when it comes to conferences anymore. Do they, Mike? That they abdicated? I, that's a good question, Tom. I don't know. You know, I guess games and televising is probably up to the conferences. So, Well, in the words of lovely, the lovely Molly McGrath, if you can start the game before midnight, you have to do it. Or if it's lightning delay or something. Right. Well, I and I think the reason why they minutes. waited so long on uh, Virginia Tech and uh, Purdue is because that storm kept hanging around, and uh, so they wanted to make sure they could restart it and finish it. So I think that became the issue. And uh, Virginia Tech, Blacksburg is kind of in the mountains, so the the uh, lightning and you know the thunder issues were probably. Uh, more prevalent there than they were in Raleigh. Well, it's eight miles. If there's any lightning within eight miles, you got to stop. That's that's. I think that might be the NCAA rule. Uh, eight miles away, especially like you say in the mountains. The notice how how uh, careful they were to not show any of the lightning, Mike. 
Yeah, they just showed the pouring down rain. You're exactly right, Tom. Um, now, Greg, there's, there's a reason they, for that. Do you know what the reason is? Showing the lightning? Yeah. No, I don't know the reason. For if, that. You, if you if you Google uh, Notre Dame game UFO, you'll find in the Florida game, <laughs> when they when they NBC or ABC, whoever it was, is, is, was viewing the lightning, all these little saucers, or look like saucers, are flying in and out of the lightning. Oh, my. So it's it's known as the UFO game. Yeah. So uh, my buddy uh, Dick Bell, do you remember, you remember Bob Belden's name, don't you, Mike? No, I do not, Tom. Bob, was, he was, I've heard you talk about him before, and I don't remember. Well, he was the third quarterback behind uh, Hanready and Coley O'Brien in the 66 team. Okay. Then he got drafted by uh, the, the Cowboys and was the third guy between Staubach and was it Jefferson Street Joe, and he has a Super Bowl ring, too. Anyway, his older brother, Dick, who wasn't a great athlete, but Dick's a really good guy. He's Mr. Sports, right? So I said, hey, Bella, what do you think of all the saucers at the Notre Dame game? He goes, Tommy, everybody knows they head for the lightning to recharge. I go, I go, what do you mean everybody knows? He goes, everybody knows that, don't you? <laughs> You're supposed to be a smart guy. I go, Bella, where, where do you get this information? <laughs> he was convinced that they were, they were ducking in there to get power to go back to wherever they came from. So there you go. Oh, that's a good conspiracy. I kind of like that, that one. Was, that was a good one. Hey, uh, I'm going to talk real quick about uh, NIL. Then I got some stuff here about the uh, Kroger's numbers and what, the, what it says about inflation. It's a pretty interesting article here by, uh, I will say who it's from since I'm going to talk about it. Melissa Repko. Uh, that's a nice name, Melissa. Uh, well, I'll just read the headlines here first, then we'll talk about the Kroger missed second quarter of, uh, revenue expectations as, as inflation cools. For grocers like Kroger, inflation has contributed to higher overall sales as shoppers pay more for many items they buy. It says that the grocer expects inflation to continue to decelerate and expects a tougher backlog for consumers in the months ahead because they're buying less items. So as inflation inflation cools, they're not saying prices going down. They're saying the rate the, the uh, rate of going up. Everybody's everybody's just buying the stuff they need, and the other stuff is sneaking down. But Mike, uh, Greg, it may, Mike has obviously made a career in the military, but he was actually in a lot of my economics classes. So beneath his military exterior, there's somewhat of an economist in there. Uh, Mike, are you as fascinated as I am about this? Not just where it's headed, but in all the stuff, whether we like it or not. Aren't you fascinated by the economic lesson here of this NIL? Just, and, and, I mean, you could teach classes on this and write papers on this for the next decade on what's happening here. Well, that, you're right about that, Tom. Because, I mean, they've they've created just, I mean, another market for athletes. But your thing about Kroger's that's a little bit fascinating too. So yeah. fascinating also because. Now they're going to reduce demand and therefore increase prices. Right. So, you know, we just don't win. No, well, you're not really going to win. Plus, I don't know if, you, uh, if you're attached to the news this weekend a little bit. Um, a lot of people pay, well, it was news here in Illinois, uh, that the Kroger's paying a $1.2 billion settlement regarding uh, what the heroin stuff, what's the, what's the heroin-like product? Uh, Fentanyl? Uh, no, Fentanyl? The, no, the stuff you get. Uh, prescription. Codeine? No, something? what's a prescription drug? Uh, Oxy, was it Oxycontin? Oh, Oxycontin? Yeah, yeah. It's a pre- prescription stuff that people are abused and selling to other people, and they weren't keeping track of the prescriptions. And there's this massive nas- national settlement on this. And they paid, uh, Illinois was all cr- uh, crowing this weekend how the Secretary of State got $1.3 billion for Illinois. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what 
I guess it's a good thing. I mean, I, but my question is to everybody, now Kroger pays it. The shareholders just pay it. Does, does anybody at Kroger, anybody up and down the chain get their ass fired? Or does anybody get thrown off the board? Do you get rid of the CEO or do you just pay it out of, out of shareholder wealth, essentially, and everybody just keeps getting their paycheck? I guess the answer is probably B, uh, but I don't not know for sure. They might have fired somebody. They wouldn't have told me. And secondly, how much of that money is going to make it to the people down the bridge, down the block from here? Any? Well, it'll probably go back into the coffers of Kroger, and, but I'll bet you one or two people got fired as a result of it. Who knows? Well, I mean, it, it seems like it's a... Well, well, everybody else did, too, though, right? Yeah, well, but it's a, it's a huge, se- yeah, it yeah, it's too, a huge settlement. It was a class action thing, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know that if all this... Well, you know, this one was just against Kroger, but last year... There were all uh, kinds Walgreens of them, yeah. and CVS, maybe Walmart, too. But the thing was, nobody agreed to any wrongdoing. Yeah. So... It's just money. Oh, so then I guess they can't fire anybody. It's just money. When they announced it last week, the stock was actually up because they thought it would have been more. How many people write a check for a billion two if they didn't do anything wrong? Well, you don't really have a choice when you're negotiating with the government. Well, it's, it's like in the securities business. All the big firms, without admitting or denying anything, by the way, here, here's something. The regulators get their money. They get a bonus. Everybody's happy. And, and, and yet, nothing ever stops. Well... If you remember, Walgreens was way more than this. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. It was like, I I don't know, five billion or something like that. They they got tagged and and uh, CVS too. I mean, they were much bigger into the. Well, Kroger. I haven't seen a Kroger store in so long because they're not in Chicago anymore. But Mariano's. Yeah, Mariano. Yeah. So their their pres- there would be their prescription area. Here's my. <laughs> I always have a million. Every time, you know, it's weird, Mike. Is the more you look at the stuff, and you, and you're getting the same way by because you're like you like called in and you like talk. Every, everything you talk about brings up like three or four more questions, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's it, very true, Tom. So you're right. So we have a uh, a situation that. Um, oh, there it is. It's Walgreens four point nine five yeah, billion. You were I thought you were CVS, right, real close with the five five billion, and then Walmart was three point one billion. That was all last year. Yeah. All right. So we have this. Uh, situation there where they're not tracking prescriptions. Okay, so we find all these bleeps. Meanwhile, the state of Illinois, and I don't know how the other places do it on their marijuana sales. I don't know if you knew this or not, Mike, or if marijuana is legal out there. But if you are okayed by a doctor for medical marijuana, you may think that it's like high blood pressure or, or something, that if they put you on X, for a, you know, every month you get thirty pills, being meaning there's thirty days in the month, right? Uh, well, that's not what they do for the marijuana stuff. You can you can get as much as you want once you get that. So here, on the one hand, we're fining these people <laughs> for for not for not keeping track of the prescriptions. And yet on the marijuana side, the more they buy, the better the better everybody is. Well, then I guess that could lead to you becoming a distributor, and then yeah, but it's not as dangerous. Though. More problems, right? Well, it's that it's that it's that as dangerous, take but it's too but many still. too much marijuana. You're out of commission for the day. Well, if you take I mean, too uh, much opiates. You're out of commission. That's it. Well, last night as I was driving back from my bros, I had some dinner there, and I got caught in bear traffic. So I got my windows open on the suburban, and I'm stuck in traffic downtown, and I could have gotten high. <laughs> everybody driving is yeah, smoking. See, you get free. Yeah, everybody. So, do we, do we really want that? We, I mean, they wonder why there's not as much recreational sales as they would like. 
yet the people with the medical sales can buy five times as much as they want and sell them to everybody else cheaper. I mean, I don't know if it's cheaper. Sure it is. Well, it's a lot. The taxes are yeah. way less than the medical. The taxes are way less on the medical. Medical. So the, the taxes so on the medical is only six. It's only six percent. Just, no. just like a, just like a prescription drug. Yeah. Well. Or the, or the other, the, the recreational. I got. I don't know what that is, but I'm sure it's a lot higher. Just sure saying. There's some of that arbitrage going on, but yeah, a little, little in arbitrage. terms of danger, you know, opiates are are a huge concern here, and people die. Or oh, yeah. I don't know how many. A hundred. No, you're right, Greg, but the paranoia that supposedly uh, marijuana brings on can also have a debilitating effect on people. These aren't the same, though. No, they're not not the same. No, you're right. It's not quite the same. (laughs) But I would say that uh, we had some people in college that liked liked their their hooch. I'm going to say that stuff was, what, is fifth as strong as the stuff is now, Mike? Yeah, I have no idea, Tom. This this stuff is a lot stronger, I believe. Right. I, I, I mean, they they keep getting it. They keep improving it more and more. I, I got to go for an errand on Wednesday, so I pull back in my parking lot over here, and I get out of the truck, and I'm going, God, what the hell is that smell? <laughs> the, the car next to me, was, you know, I don't know who, who, the, the guy leaves the back window open by like an inch. The thing was like venting out the back window. I mean, there was nobody in the car. Nobody smoking, just... The smell just pouring out of the back. Who would buy that car? <laughs> How long would it take to get the smell out of there? I mean, I, it's it's you drive through Hubbard's Cave, you know, there's uh, by the north side in, on a Saturday afternoon. It's, you swear you're smoking it yourself. It's, it's that bad, and there's no detection, there's no nothing. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. Anyway, um, it is stunning the difference that on one hand you can buy all you want, and other places you're finding people billions of dollars. You know, it just Anyway, um, but the uh, just to lead in on this on this nil stuff, we'll give John too. Uh, would you have thought, Mike? I mean, if we were if we were to, you know, nobody's going to invite us to Camp David, but we, if we just go under the Motel Six for three days and remembered some of our economic stuff, of course, we could have brought Hal and some of our current professors with, which know more than we do. Can there you, you go. Could you possibly have? have uh, I, I bet we could have predicted where all this was going. I'm not so sure. I'm a little stunned. This is kind of a teaser for after the break. I, I think I'll make this prediction, and I, I probably won't be 100% accurate, but I'll bet, this, I'll, I'll bet, Mike, that in three or four years there's going to be five or six mainline big-time colleges that seriously curtail their high school recruiting to, like, next to zero and only have transfers. Well, you know, Tom, you might be uh, exactly right, but uh, I think because of the type of students that some of these schools want, it, it might be, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, that's a pretty, uh, your prediction could prove true. The SEC might end up like that. Uh, I don't know about the ACC. They seem to be a little bit focused on academics. I think it matters. Well, it may matter to them. Uh, it, what are what? Oh, the Big Twelve or whatever they're going to be in the Big Ten uh, or the Big Twenty, whatever they're going to end up being. They probably may be along the lines of what you're describing, also. Well, I, I talked to our friend Kevin yesterday, and I uh, espoused this theory. And I said, you know, look at the Irish. Everybody's coming from somewhere else. Uh, I, I think, you know, we'll kick this over after, after break. I think you have, what, 85 scholarships? Yes, I think so, too. Uh, so, Kevin, to prove me wrong, 
counts up the amount of people at Notre Dame that are on graduate rides. Guess how many? I would say uh, less than 10. 25. Oh, 25 are on graduate rides. So after, huh? after, after two years of this, already now over a third of their people are, are on graduate. Now, some of that is because of the extra COVID year, I'm, I'm guessing, but still... Why, why, why mess? And I think you're going to end up with because I watched a couple other games there for the Irish. You end up with these smaller schools being essentially the minor league for the big schools. Go, go to uh, Northern for a year, and if you grow, we'll take you next year. Well, and and that's where uh, actually the service academies had an advantage with that because you know, and Lou might talk about this, but the Army and the Navy had. They still do have preparatory schools where a kid essentially it's a redshirt year. So they and they use that year to improve their scores in particularly in math and English, but they're more focused on the math. Uh, and then they uh, then they come and they are generally more successful at the service academies, both physically and mentally. Well, we got a lot of stuff we can talk about this economic stuff when you back. SB Futures up 17. NASDAQ Futures up 99. Looks like a pretty good day. We got NVIDIA bouncing back 428. We've got Apple up a buck. Uh, so, a lot of the stuff, uh, Microsoft, which has been on a tear, is up another 258. So, it looks like a good day, at least a good start. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. That is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life, Tom. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now.
Welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. Greg Pappas on the board. We have uh, S&P Futures uh, up 18.75. Nasdaq Futures up 106. We got Tesla up 15. That's 6%. Let's take this stuff right to the sky. What's the difference? 50, 50p, 100p, 200p. What's the difference? We're just going up. Dow Futures up 68 over in Europe. We have uh, now. Again, we were coming off a bad week last week, so we can expect hopefully a rally this week. Uh, DAX up 62 points, 0.4 percent. FTSE up four. They're not, they're not participating. That's only 0.6 percent, 0.06 percent. Uh, CAC around up uh, 33.5. That's not sure why the uh, miner is up 2.7 percent. Miners, what a miner! Nobody's wanted the miners for months. Maybe the uh, we'll see today. Nikkei down 139.4 percent. We got the Hang Seng down 105.6. Uh, Shanghai up 26.8, so generally down over in, in Asia, which is, again, they've been going different directions than us now for than the rest of the world for a while. Friday is a way to review. Get a bounce back. Rally Dow is up 75. S&P up 6. NASDAQ up 12. Virtually all of that. Uh, Greg, if you remember, was in the, la- in the last, like, 10 minutes. It was like quarter to three. We were unchanged, maybe even down a little bit, and rallied into the close. Uh, Russell was down a little bit. Russell was down four. Bonds up th- four basis points, two, 4.29. Getting there. I think our tip top a few months ago was 4.36, and we're getting real close to that. So we might be getting a uh, uh, you know a, a higher than the last five six years print in this in ten year pretty soon. Bond up four basis points, 2.63. Japan up six point seven one. That's a huge move for those guys. Uh, oil down fifty five cents, but still eighty six ninety six, almost eighty seven bucks. Brent down thirty cents, ninety thirty five. Natural gas down five cents, two fifty-five. Arbob unchanged, two sixty-five. Gold, hey, we'll rally in gold, up six eighty, nineteen forty-nine. So trying right back to this middle of this range, nineteen fifty. Can't seem to go too much higher or lower. Silver up twenty-two cents, twenty-three thirty-eight. Uh, finally, a decent move out of there. As it got down to twenty-three, it became a buy, and when it gets to twenty-five, it's been a sell. Been a sell doesn't mean it will be this time. Copper up five cents, three seventy-seven. Crypto. Uh, Bitcoin down 75 bucks, very quiet, but very quiet the last few days. 25,648. The U.S. dollar, uh, on the other hand, is well, it's it's actually this is kind of weird. It's down against the British pound. The British pound is up to 1.25, but it's uh, no, it's I'm sorry, it's down against both of them. Euro is Euro is 107, and the British pound is up 1.25, so it's down against both. It has been strong, but not today. Uh, what do you got for us, Greg? Traffic, weather, sports, traffic sucks. Weather sucks. Sports sucks. <laughs> Morning, everyone. With that, we're done with the sports. Yeah. Uh, Chicago, 63 degrees right now, 68 today. Not warm. Uh, lots of rain. So we're going to get sprinkles every every few hours. Phoenix, it's 87 right now, uh, 105 today. Clouds and sun in Phoenix. Both have poor air quality, um, bad pollution, and allergies. Uh, traffic, Kennedy, Montrose to interchange 17 minutes. Edens, Lake Cook to the interchange 39 minutes. Ike, Wolf to the interchange 29 minutes. Dan Ryan, uh, 95th to the interchange 32 minutes. Stevenson, 294 to the Ryan is 27. And the Bishop Ford, uh, t- I-80 to the interchange is 14 minutes. Sports, let's go to tennis. We've got U.S. Open Finals. Coco Goff uh, beats Sabalenka for the championship. And Djokovic beats Medvedev also for his fourth u.s open uh giving him 24 finals or 24 uh grand slams total so that's a that beats the record of or that ties or beats the record i'm like margaret court's ahead of him by one margaret court i think he tied margaret court at 24 i need to check on that though i'll have that uh mlb white Sox lose to the tigers that was two to three 
Cubs beat the Diamondbacks 5-2. Uh, Bears lose to the Packers 20-38, to like we mentioned. Uh, Fields and... Let's see. Fields and... What? No, Mooney, Komet, Herbert are top in receiving. Mooney had the TD, and Fields, Herbert, and Johnson were top in, in rushing with uh, Johnson getting their lone TD in rushing. Anyways, that's all I got, Chief. Back to you. The um, We have Mr. Flanagan. John, Mike, Greg. Good, Good morning, morning, John. John, we're, we're, we're diving through uh, the difference, the economic difference in this NIL, because I think a lot of uh, listeners, I mean, they – Think of it as it, it, it's, it's almost exactly the way as when people change rules in anything else in society. When you change them and you don't know what you're doing, or I say you don't think it through, like maybe the Supreme Court didn't. And I'm not saying the decision was wrong, by the way. I'm just saying they opened up they opened up a real big door, and everybody's driving through it about as fast as they can without knowing where the hell they're going. But just how quickly this has gone, the uh, the guys on the that were doing the Notre Dame game yesterday, um, or Saturday, sorry, were... Uh, they were talking about various things that are happening, and one of them was that the the quarterback, who was in his sixth year, correct? He was redshirt his freshman year, then he played <clears throat> four years at uh, at Vanderbilt, right? He no, Wake, Wake, Wake. Wake Forest, Wake Forest, and, uh, and now he's he's a grad student at Notre Dame. Now Notre Dame is sponsored by Under Armour, where they provide the, all those, the duds for everybody and. They don't have an exclusive in the bookstore like Champion used to have. I don't think, do they, guys? But they, they, but their stuff is, you know, is, you can, you can buy all the Notre Dame jerseys and stuff. You buy it through the bookstore are going to be Under Armour stuff, right? Pretty much. I, I think so, John or Tom. Yes. I mean, you might be able to go in there and find a Nike golf shirt or something, but you know, I don't know. I've been in the bookstore in a while, but the, uh, so this kid Hartman, the quarterback, his NIL deal is with Under Armour. And he magically shows up at Notre Dame for a sixth year. Does, does anybody other than me think there might be a connection there? there well, I think connection. he made the decision to go to Notre Dame, and then that's when Under Armour steps in and offers him the nil contract. But I might be wrong about that. I'm going to say Mike is charitable. What do you think, Jan? I, th- I think it might be the same connection, but maybe in reverse chronological order. I, don't, I can't say for sure. But you know, my instincts are um, that you know it's, it's following the money from the get go. So, so I, I gotta believe he, you know, he was you know, whether he intended to come to Notre Dame or at what point. Uh, the Under Armour deal was about ninety million, I think. With Notre Dame, yeah, yeah, and I mean, now he has his own. So, in, in the, I guess when we, we're talking about this, I'll, I'll I'll set the tone here just a hair. Uh, I don't know how many. How many years ago was Kevin writing for the Irish Eyes, Mike and Janet? It was wow, but anyway, he drags us down to one of those uh, put somebody in the Ring of Honor year, and uh, there was I think the football game team was playing in a bowl game like that night or something. It was, it was, something was going on, and there was and at the at the convo, or maybe it was the hockey team was playing something. At the convo for like twenty five bucks, you could go into the Joyce thing, and they had it on closed circuit TV. And they were serving, you know, pizzas or something. And um, I asked somebody, I said, well, is the basketball team going to hang around and, and go to this deal? And they go, oh, no, you, you, that, that'd be, you can't give them 25 or 50 bucks towards a dinner. And that's, that's considered, you know, uh, money that you're giving a student. You can't, you can't do that. 
So, so they, they basically sent the kids back to their dorm to eat dorm pizza. Of course, the dorms, I don't know where they ate because the, the campus wasn't even open except for where they were staying. So that, that's how strict these rules used to be, right? Now, I'm not saying that that's right at all. I'm just painting, painting the baseline here. Now, unbeknownst to themselves, the announcers Saturday were talking about the quarterback, this Hartman guy. So his deal with Under Armour evidently is pretty, pretty lucrative, right? It's probably he didn't get drafted. So because he, he's, he's playing in Norm, getting his education, so he get, comes out of there with an MBA, and who knows, a couple hundred grand or three hundred grand, whatever it is, it's not bad, not a bad deal. Plus, he might get a na- not always get a national championship, but he might have a really good team he's playing for. So now he's they're talking about when they flew to Ireland, he gave the whole either the whole offense or the offensive line or somebody a whole stack of these real uh, snazzy pull-on. Under Armour slippers or something for when they were on the plane so they'd be comfortable. And then he gave everybody a set of these earbuds. What is? I'll ask Greg. How much is a really good set of? Uh, Two hundred bucks. A couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay. Well, now say those guys are up to three fifty already. Now my question is, does Under Armour send that directly to those people? Okay. In which case they are deducting it, meaning it's income to them. Okay, and or are they sending him a stack of you know forty pairs of shoes, and he and he distributes them out of his dorm room if he's living in a dorm, which he probably isn't. So I mean, all this stuff, mind you, if you have somebody that shovels your snow or cuts your grass, and you deduct it, if it's over six hundred bucks, you are supposed to give that dude a ten ninety nine, and the minute you do, he owes the government ninety bucks because of Medicare and. Social Security is fifteen percent right out of right off the top. So, are these guys mindful of any of this? Are they ignoring everything? They don't care. They think they think somehow this is all sort of deductible because it's a because it's Notre Dame. John, you go first. What do you what do you think the mindset even is here? I, I'm going to say they're they're going to they're land themselves in a, in a in a peck of crap if they keep this going. Well, it was a hundred well, million. Depend, yeah, how aggressive the IRS wants to be about this, and there'll probably be some. You know, very you know notorious and, and public um, you know blowback whenever the IRS gets around to at least investigating this. But I think there's, there's a real laissez-faire attitude now about so much of this. Uh, nobody wants to be a trendsetter in you know g- going the opposite direction. It seems to you know you got to spread more and more of this largesse around, and it's good for business. It's good for advertising. And nobody seems to have any qualms about it. Um, so I, I guess I think you know they're looking the other way you know, for whatever reason. Well, they might be, but what about Under Armour? I mean, if they send, I got that number wrong, yeah. guys. By the way, it was it's I guess it's now ten million a year. Yeah, ten million a year. I thought yeah, it was. for for I, I don't know why it says ten contracted. Uh, yeah, ten million a year for ten years. I yeah, guess. it was it was it was a hundred mil. And but I mean, but I mean, if you're Under Armour. You can't just send uh, $5,000 worth of stuff to Hartman and, and, and say, and, and that considered income. You can say, well, well for can, Hartman, it might be income, Tom, but with he, there's probably hearts. a gift pro- provision for the IRS that, he, that Hartman personally might be able to get around. But there you get into what you, you know, once you get up to that $600, the magic. Six hundred dollar uh, limit. Then there's problems that ensue from there on. I think, what's the what, 
Greg, look up the limit. A limit on a gift, I think, it's is 11 grand. 15? No, I think, or 16. But wouldn't you just send it to the school? I mean, the school has the sponsorship for all the shoes and the and the jerseys. So what, why wouldn't you just send it to the I, school? I think the school is out on a limb by just. I mean, they do stuff like if uh, if the if the Irish, I'm sure they all do this. If if there's a uh, special game where they trot out the green jerseys, say, because they want everybody to go buy a green jersey. I think they let the kids kids keep the green jersey. I mean, hell, they just wore it. It's all sweaty. I mean, they, you can do stuff like that. I don't know if you can just flat out hand them out stuff, can you? To sell to well, other the people? School, no, the school doesn't. I mean, the school hands out the jerseys. or Right, and you get to keep them. And, but that's, I mean, that's the school. That's not the... I, I get it. That's what I'm saying. These guys are crossing. Well, for Under Armour, maybe that's a marketing expense. Who knows? Yeah, what is? Mean, it is. Yeah. I'm not, what I'm saying is, if if they send stuff to individual people, they've got to keep track of what they send, and if you, they can't just send you five thousand dollars worth of stuff, Mike. <laughs> what is it? Well, but they can. I think they could use Hartman as an intermediary. Like, sure, they can. You know, there, there's got to be a gift provision in there somewhere, because that to me is what he did. If he gave them slippers. And then he gave them AirPods, although the AirPods, as Greg said, are pretty pricey. So, yeah. um, but what do you call? I would think Hartman would somehow get taxed on that. But well, the AirPods, he know, might there, just go there's out. a whole yeah. bunch of regulation here that's that could be necessary now. Well, I mean, for Hartman, I think I think he's perfectly capable of going to the store and buying forty iPod, whatever AirPods, and, and handing them out to people. And as long as he doesn't bump up against the the gift tax per person, I think he's fine. But but he he has to do that with like after tax dough of his. But he might get reimbursed that uh, afterwards. Tom, I mean, I think I, I think they've got some way of protecting him, some whole arrangement. So if, if this ever blows up or people start poking around in it, I don't think he's going to suffer. Okay, but but I'm saying I, I agree with yeah. with you, Mike. I think this is probably you know it's, it's given to him and then he's gifted it to the players, and it's, it's his property to do what he wants with. So. Well, they can't, they can't gift him that kind of stuff. That's no, part they, of his package. Can yeah, they can. That's under a sponsorship deal. It's not the same. Uh, I don't. You can. You can. Right, hey, Tom, you're bringing up a very interesting question. And there's a woman with whom my wife and I play bridge. She is. Uh, she works with a lot of UVA athletes, and she's bringing up the issues of educating them on nil and. And how you have to, you know, work the work through the issues. So taxation being one of them. So this is an issue, and the students or athletes need to be educated on it. Well, where I'm actually, that this is kind of just setting the tone. This is kind of the small change stuff, for lack of a better term, because uh, one of our buddies, uh, you know, I'm talking about Greg, uh, Kendall sent me a text the other day of some he's riding one of his buddy's kids who evidently is an am- I don't know I have no idea what the kid's name is don't want to know uh, he just got some big NIL deal in high school like like seven figures um, <laughs> and so I'm, I, my point is if who- you're doing advertising for the company then it's probably income if it's a sponsorship you know who knows you got to talk to your your well if it's if, when somebody writes you a check money changes hands 
you call whatever you want. Uh, you, you and I are not. No, but not sponsorship t- isn't advertising. But but you and I are. Wait a minute, wait a minute. If somebody sponsors stocks and jacks, I'm paying tax on it. But you're get you're advertising. You're not just sponsored. Okay, but we're not we're not a a, 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 a what do you call it a, a tax free place like like no you're not you're not giving money to Notre Dame. You're giving money to the person. A big difference. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine that that each person has their own tax person, but yeah, um, tax, taxing for advertising and sponsorships are different. So. Well, I, I guess where, where I'm headed with this is now this kid, and he's not. There's a bunch of high school kids and freshmen in college. Everybody, they are they are essentially employees of somebody, right? Somebody's giving them money. So they, they essentially have, for lack of a better term, a boss, right? Now, what I'm thinking, and it's not too far of a reach, because as much as I'm reaching here, I haven't reached far enough is where this is going. I think Hartman might have cut the deal with Under Armour, and they placed him at Notre Dame. And I'm thinking this kid, who got the same million bucks, for lack of a better number, whoever got that, whether it's through AAU, whatever it's through somebody, through some agent, whatever you want to call it, marketing, not an agent, bad word, Marketing expert? Is that what you want to call it, John? You're a wordsmith. Uh, yeah. So, now, somebody is going to place this kid at some college. And now, now he's, not, he's not underemployed because Kevin was saying yesterday, why don't they just, I talked to him at length, he's, why don't we just turn around and, and the colleges pay people? I go, Kevin, that horse is, is miles out of the barn. That's not happening. I mean, to turn around and say, we'll stop all this and we'll pay these guys 100 grand a year, that's not even. But I'm going to say that these people now are basically in charge of these kids, and they're going to they're going to have. If I have 15 kids, I'm paying a million bucks to from various states that are all that popular. I'm telling them where to go to college. I'm, I'm telling the college this is what we want. I'm negotiating the deal at the college. Why wouldn't I be? Tom, you know this has already happened in the academic side of colleges because I'm just you know amazed at the explosion of endowed chairs in any range of academic departments but there's somebody who's been given an academic position um, and it's a handshake deal with some other philanthropic group or a research foundation or another university or who knows but it's but the, and these people you know have this as part of their job title and they're of course they're collecting a paycheck from the university where they supposedly teach but they're also you know doing the bidding of somebody outside the university who has you know a completely different attitude about why this person is there and what what the end product is supposed to be so i guess i don't know which um, it's been, it's been going as a handshake deal you know between the outsiders and the insiders for quite a while but in a way i guess i'm not surprised it's not come to sports in such a big way too i'd imagine if you're a 1099 you you have to pay taxes on something sure you do because they're, they can't just take money, even if the As other a, guys I'm, are I, I'm a 1099 person for a couple places that we do business with. And uh, 1099, you pay 15% right off the top. Right off the top. For your and Medi- state, Medicare, right? For your, no, no, that's included. I'm talking about that's, yeah, that's Medicare and, and Social Security if, if right. you're not sharing. It's like 10% Social Security and 5% Medicare. Yeah. So you get a check for ten grand, you own 1500 bucks. Yeah, and the royalties are probably... A different type that, that's without any income tax. Yeah, that's just your your payroll tax. So I mean, it, it's a, it's a big number. Uh, you know, what I'm saying is, is is who's really in in charge here? Are we going to have a bunch of groups of people that essentially negotiate with the colleges for these players? And if it doesn't pan out, they pull them out and put them somewhere else. 
But that's economically where this is headed, don't you guys think? Or am I just totally being off the, yeah. off the chart here? See, this is where Bitcoin comes in. Oh, yeah. There you, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> Speaking of which, we're having a, a, a Bitcoin expert coming on on Wednesday. And that should be interesting. I, I, I'm going to have Kevin do most of the interview because everybody knows my views on Bitcoin. I don't want to sour the thing because I have a feeling I'm going to learn something. This is a Ryan Flint that's coming on, and uh, we're going to be talking about it. But I, I just... This is really bizarre when the people who are, are these colleges aren't really. I, I, I got to see some of these people if the kid's not playing, pulling them in the middle of the year. Well, I think that you ought to try to get some sort of an NCAA investigator on your show, Tom, because, you, I mean, you're bringing up a lot of good, valid questions, and there's just so many uh, gaps to fill, knowledge wise, at least the way that you're thinking. So. And you know, and, and whether Hartman has an advisor from Under Armour, or, but you know, we're talking about companies dealing with not-for-profit uh, institutions, and that to me seems like a joke. Well, but, ask uh, yourself, put your put put the bad Mike Murphy's head on, head on. Put the bad Jan Flanagan's head on. If 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 we are all together in some firm, you know, call it call, whatever we want, but we're, we're cocoa puffs. No, we're just in a booster organization. No, right? no, I'm talking about in, in a firm. Okay, now, and we're gonna we're gonna spend six million bucks to uh, sponsor Oregon, like the guy from Nike did, or whatever the hell he paid. Or we're we're gonna be Under Armour. We're gonna give Notre Dame or Northwestern or Ohio State. Do you think we we don't care at all how good the team is? That if there if there's some two or three kids, we're not gonna get the call saying we need this Pappas kid out of Illinois bad. That we're not going to send somebody to him and said, "How would you like Nike to sponsor you?" By the way, you got to go to Notre Dame. I mean, how, how how could you not have that That's conversation? That's probably been going on forever. Well, well, and in the old days, it happened. That was the the whole deal with Sonny Vaccaro. He was funnel. He was channeling, you know, athletes to different schools too. It's the same things going on. They must have figured out a legal way to do it. Well, but the the, the money is dramatically different. Dramatically different. No, I mean, I, I, what do you suppose when we were in school? Champion paid Notre Dame. I think they just gave them free uniforms. I mean, it, the difference is it, we're, we're talking millions of. I mean, it's. I, I don't. I don't. It's. It, you know, students are going to start learning about state taxes too. Yeah, Florida State's right. going to be more desirable than Cal Berkeley. Well, that's right. If it's not already. But I mean, you're, we're not going to give. I mean, Notre Dame. Uh, Thirty million bucks for uh, what these guys gave them? What ten million a year for ten years? Uh, we're not going to give them that kind of money, and, and not care if their team is any good. Whenever we're spreading this money around, because we're, we're going to be. The, and who do you think's giving the, the kid in high school a shoe contract? It's Nike, and they and they're and they're, they're going to say, we don't care if you go to an Under Armour school. Yeah, they do. Why wouldn't you? Right. Whose team is it, Tom? Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. I I think yeah. it's becoming. Their team and their players. Yeah. Their, yeah. I mean, it's it's like uh, this. Uh, went to this housewarming party. This older gentleman of, of Greek descent, real nice guy, and he he trades all day long with Robin Hood. And I and he goes, I trade Robin Hood. He goes, I trade for free. Yeah, you and trade said, for free. I said, it's not, it's not free. And he goes, what, well, it's free. I said, it's free to you. I said, you own restaurants and stuff your whole life, right? He goes. I said, who's your customer? Well, the person who buys the food. I said, so you're not buying it. You're not the customer. Who is? He looks at me and he goes, I never thought of it that way. Okay, it's wh- whoever, 
Who's ever paying you, that's the customer. And the other firms that you're giving people's order flow to and, and making sure they make money, not your customer, that's your customer. So it's not, it's, it, may, it may be, fr- you're not paying for it money-wise, but you're paying for it. Maybe Nike sends some athletes, uh, athletes into Adidas schools just to sabotage things. Well, I mean, I mean how, how, <laughs> yeah. how happy would well. put yourself in that spot, Mike? You send Mr. Flanagan out to pay, to pay some kid, become a kid, a, a Nike sponsor who's a, who's a, who's a, uh, uh, a college or a high school basketball star, he turns around and goes to an Adidas school. You're going to say, John, are you sure you're doing this right? Yeah, Tom, you know, I, I <laughs> you, you keep bringing up questions. And, and, you know, who was the sponsor behind the 86 players that went to Colorado this year that, uh, you know, that Primetime brought in? I'll, so, I'll bet I mean, you if you look at the different contracts, if you gave Greg 10 minutes to dig through all the contracts, I bet we could make a real strong guess. Yeah, I'm sure we could. You're now, right. And then what would, you, what would you do if you had a kid? Uh, I won't, you know, being a scholarship athlete is a full-time job, so you can't berate somebody into being a, a, a you know, football player we use for a tackling dummy in practice. But what would you do if you had a kid, male or female, who has a, a decent ride at a place and is a second stringer or something or playing a little bit, and all of a sudden they decide they should be a first stringer? And enter the enter the pool and essentially jettison their scholarship, and nobody picks them up. Would you be ready to kill them or what? Well, that's a chance that uh, the students take. And you know, well, you keep bringing it up, but look at Notre Dame this year, and you, and you've brought up you know now the FCS schools. So uh, formerly a JM a James Madison University school, or let's say uh, you know. Uh, that the school in Minnesota that was so good, St. John's, they play there, they start there, and then they they think, oh, I'm better than most of the guys I'm playing with now, so I want to go into the portal, and and they do, and and that is happening. That's how Notre Dame got their kicker. That's how yeah. they got their quarterback. You know, Kevin thinks that uh, over forty percent of the people that enter the portal end up without a scholarship. Well, he could very well be right. That's you. You would think you'd talk to somebody first, would you? Even though you're not supposed to. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, Mike, thank you very much for uh, <clears throat> helping us out. We'll come back. We'll talk some real estate stuff with Jan, and then we'll have Nancy on at the, at the bottom of the hour. Uh, SP futures up 16. Nasdaq futures up 96. Positive morning so far. Again, Tesla on the on the run. Tesla's up eight bucks, three three percent. It was a. I think you know it's it's get a load of this. It's it's printing fourteen up, six up, eight bucks. Tesla's trading a lot here. Be right back, stocks and jacks. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. 
Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Hello, hello, welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm sorry, Greg Pappas on the board. The uh, how many people love that song? How many people could actually actually know the words to it? I don't. I mean, I've been, I've, I've, I've enjoyed it for years. Uh, you know, one of the people who uh, talk about stealing somebody's name. What are the Bears known as, Greg? Monsters of the Midway. Yeah, Monsters Terrible. of the Midway. Might know the Monsters of the Midway. Yeah. You know who the Monsters of the Midway were? The lineman, the New York Chicago Maroons. Oh, when well, they were in the Big Ten, then they they got rid of the Big Ten. The Bears stole the name. Just saying, the Midway is at the New York Chicago. Whose team is it, Tom? Yeah, whose whose team is it? It's you know these are, you know, I you know I know I'm probably spending too much time on this, but the it, I find it fascinating, John. That what's happening here and who, who's who's employer who's this who's that who's a consultant who's who's in charge of what all this stuff is so blurred because the universities have, have had this tax exempt thing but now all the stuff they're doing outside the place that's not tax exempt if, if i give money to a an llc that's that's hauling football players in for indiana or notre dame or northwestern and it's an all that that's not tax exempt i'm not i can't write that off i don't think do you no I mean, it's a. Well, and it's, it's blurred in so many ways, Tom. I mean, just look at Notre Dame. Yeah. They're bucking the trend with having a Holy Cross priest as their president because, you know, Catholic institutions like DePaul and Loyola here in Chicago have gone the way of, you know, pretty much severing not all their ties, but most of their ties to the orders that founded them. And they have lay tr- boards of trustees, they have lay presidents now, you know. So the mission of the university or the founding principles have kind of been, you know, put in a footnote somewhere and it's not really you know the way these institutions were conceived as far as how they're being run today well if, if you find and, if you have a french order maybe you can find a guy in there who's just is in love with the money as a layperson. yeah and you know i i guess you know the, the, there's a reason that you know hesburgh appointed you know a you know a lay board of trustees for notre dame um when he did and you know the way that was administered well you know there's and two I, there's two levels to the board yeah, at least. Is it just two? It's a two that I'm aware of. Yeah, uh, Greg, I'm, I'm uh, John. You know more than this, so if I'm wrong, kick me. It's uh, if you if you have a bunch of dough and you got a name and you're willing to contribute, like uh, Dave uh, Dorson was on the board, wasn't he? Um, the uh, late late D- Dave Dorson. Dave died from uh, what's the disease? Football. The uh, too many concussions. CTE. Yeah, um, real real good guy. Uh, from I met him a couple times, and I, I mean everybody said nothing but good things about him. But he was on the board. I don't think the the level he was on. You never actually got to look at the budget, John, or something like that. There, yeah. was, there was a double secret board that actually gets to see the numbers. The other guys just go and I don't know what they do, but they go and give money or something. But uh, 
because we we know somebody who was in. Uh, well, I don't know if he died about CTE from, but he, he, well, he committed suicide yeah, because of it. Yeah. Well, maybe he, he knew he had it. He was he was he was uh, he was in bad shape, right? Uh yeah. Anyway, the uh, so one of the headlines here is you know uh, the market is up today, and we hope it stays up. And John, I was having this discussion with uh, my significant other. Uh, she's not on today. Nancy is over some really good pizza at Fox's on Saturday night. So what does it say about society when, when Fox's, uh, an Irish bar, on Saturday night closes at 9 o'clock? Yeah. I, I, I can't picture that, Tom. <laughs> well, I, normally I'm not out and about on Friday nights, but uh, Sunday or Saturday, I'm sorry, Friday night I was. Uh, John Lee, who's been on the show, and he'll be back on because he has a real good feel for what's going on uh, overseas because he did a lot of marketing in Singapore for like 25 years. And I, we were at Mart Anthony's, and I'm, I drive home, and I went by Goose Island. This is like 10 o'clock Friday night. Goose Island, I couldn't tell if it was open or closed. And then there's there's one of those chicken wing joints, and uh, what's, what's the uh, what's the chicken wing place, Greg? Uh, a Division Street? No, 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 the one on uh, Clybourne. It's a chain. Uh, oh. Uh, they got all the different kinds of chicken wings or whatever. And, you know, Buffalo the, Wild Wings? Yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings. There couldn't have been five people in the place. It's 10 o'clock on a Friday night. I mean, I, I'm sure there's places that are happening, but anyway, I, I think a lot of a lot of uh, this post-COVID economy is a lot different. I mean, it just seems to me. Anyway, the, there's an, uh, a uh, headline here on CNBC regarding uh, the U.S. national debt is pushing 33 trillion. So I'm looking here at U.S. debt clock, 32918, and uh, and this year the federal budget deficit's going to be. Two trillion dollars. They're taking in four point six, and they're selling and they're spending six point five. This is on a year after COVID or two years after COVID. And this is where, where are we talking? Thirty three percent in the hole. The, the and, and uh, we have people, and I, you know, don't want to be a doggy downer on a Monday morning, but if you listen to CNBC or Fox News all day long, they're telling you how great the economy is. If the economy is that good, how exactly are are what do they call the taxes to get off your payroll taxes? Your ones that you pay whenever you get a paycheck, right? They're down on the year. How 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 can the economy be growing if if pay if payroll taxes to the federal government are down? What am I missing, John? I mean, you could say that they're not all employees now. They're all the ten ninety nine employees. They're all consultants, and they're going to get this huge check come January. But I'm not so. I don't, I don't. I don't know where you would think of them. I would hope it's true. I don't true. believe that. No. I mean, I would hope it's true. But how would anybody? I'm thinking if your tax revenues are going down, it means people aren't making as much. Because one thing's for sure: whenever you get a paycheck, that dough goes to the government, not to you, right? Right, and it means not that many people are working. Either. Yeah, I mean, uh, the uh, when when you talk about government getting money, Greg, you're too young. To, well, sorry, John and I are too young, but. The, the passing of the income tax was was one thing, okay? <clears throat> that was, uh, you know, that, but what that made it was that you owed the federal government. The passing of the of the withholding every paycheck is what really got them the money, right, Jen? Right. Because most people at the end of the year found a way to not pay, write stuff off, but the fact that you actually have to send it to them and then put some big form in to get some of it back if you deserve it, that that's where they, that's what causes them to get the dough, right, John? Pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, great system for them. So, Greg, you, you actually timed us a million dollars. Would you would you come at forty three seconds? I think so. It was between forty and forty three. 
So at 32,918, it's not going to take us very long to get to the 33 number, is it? Well, does that mean it, it it's going to decrease, right? No, I mean, uh, we're, we're, we're After pushing... After this thir- year, it's going to decrease oh, you, who, that time. Who, who you believe in? Joe or, or, or Donald? I believe whatever the number is. <laughs> you can just time it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, well, <laughs> well, they put through that bill that said it was going to cut it back, right? And uh, I don't think that timed it at all, but we're, we're, we're talking... $98,000 debt per citizen, 254000 per taxpayer, and going up by the second. I, you know, someday, somewhere, Jan, I don't see how with either party, and I know the Republicans don't like to raise taxes. I don't think anybody does, but, I mean, uh, how, how do we, we not— We'll re- see it first in the dollar, though. Yeah, but how, how are we going to recoup this? We can't just let this—somehow, ha- someplace— there's going to have to be. I don't want to pay these guys a dime more. I don't want to pay them what I'm paying them now. I mean, I'm with everybody on this. I'm not some wild-eyed liberal that says, "Hey, let's let's give all our money to the government." I'm not there. But how exactly do you run a 30% deficit or 33% deficit, and essentially, essentially peacetime, whatever that even defines as these days? I mean, John, we're not even on the same planet here where we're no. supposed to be. The only thing I'll say in defense is they kicked out a lot of money to states and cities, so some of the states and cities are probably in better shape than they were two years ago. I think that's probably a fair statement. Right? But other than that... I Yeah, I, you know, marginally better, I think. But short, short-term better, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but what, I mean, how, does, how does this get resolved? Is everything is all, all of a sudden ma- magically get better? I don't... I don't... Uh, I don't see... <laughs> I'd, I'd love to I, see. I, it. I just don't, I don't see it getting better, Tom. I see it. I see it getting you know maybe recharacterized as something that you know we should be glad about or something we we don't have to fret about anymore. There's always been that school of thought when it comes to the deficit. Um, you know, de- the deficit's a good thing. You know, but <laughs> I'm sorry, deficits like this, you know, we've mortgaged our future so heavily that there, there really isn't much of a future to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was talking to a. Andrew on the way in the other day, and he was saying how the young people are so discouraged that they don't see themselves ever like owning a house or even owning a car at eighty grand a car. I mean, they don't, I mean, it's the, the idea of them having any kind of a lifestyle like their parents or their grandparents. They don't even begin to to, to think even in terms of health care. They most of them don't even have a doctor. You know, they've been they, where are they going to go to community center? I mean. Uh, it's it's it, it, a lot of stuff is kind of is kind of slipping here. And I, did you see the uh, we opened a casino in Chicago, and that's going to save us, right? And now, uh, if you listen to these, I'll be nice. Listen to these bumps. They'll tell you the reason why we opened a casino is because every conventioner who gets here, first thing he does, he has blue smoke going out of his ass his way down to Hammond and goes to a casino in Hammond, and and we're losing all this money, right? And everything I've read, John, um, for the last twenty years. With the possible exception of Vegas 40 years ago, because nobody lived there, everybody just flew in, or maybe the Bahamas or someplace like that, 80-85% of the gambling revenue or the losses or the taxation comes out of the people that live in the place. I mean, I, you know, I guess in New Jersey, you can count the buses that come from Pennsylvania in the middle of the day with the blue-haired ladies on it, but the fact is, it's coming from the population. You know, they might steal it from another state. So they interview about the first four people in the line of this thing. It, open, it opens uh, Saturday morning, right, Greg? 
in, in a former temple. So we turned a temple into a casino. <laughs> I mean, I don't even want to go with well, that. Well, no, says, wasn't it Bloomingdale's? I mean, no, it's, not a, it's a, no, I'm talking about the temporary casino is in the, um, what's the Shriner Temple? The, Medina, the Medina Temple. Yeah, Medina Temple. They're, they're, they're building a casino over where the presses were for the Tribune. But that's not going to be done for like three years. So they opened up a temporary place. So it opened Saturday morning, and the first three people in line just happened to be, I don't know if they picked them or what they did, are these three African-American ladies, and they're, they're going nuts about they want that money in the place. They're going in there to win money. And one lady's talking about, I sure hope these slot machines are looser than they are in Hammond. What are the chances of these slot machines being looser than Hammond, John? I'm going to say <laughs> a chance of a snowball in hell or what? I mean, uh, I, you know, the idea that, that I mean, I, first of all, I love to gamble. I used to go to Vegas all the time, so I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm just saying at least have some kind of an idea of the odds you're up against before you do this. I mean, you can't just constantly keep doing this lottery stuff to the lowest common denominator in the math and society. I'm talking about color. I'm talking about people don't know the odds. People don't know. I, I don't get it, John. I mean, this this is the way we're going to get money out of people? It's the most, most regressive tax of all. Yeah. I go back to the, the dude. I used to live, uh, Greg, at 70 West Huron for a while, and there was one of those, uh, it's the only one I heard with that. Copperfields was the name of the place in the building. It was like a 7-Eleven, but it was called Copperfields. And Every Saturday morning, I take my mom to breakfast. I go downstairs, get my coffee, and there's the same African American guy in there, a real nice guy. He worked kind of the streets, and I don't think he was on anything, uh, but he'd make in those days twenty bucks. And every Saturday morning, he was a quart of coke, two two bags of Doritos, and fifteen dollars worth of lottery tickets. And I'm thinking, this dude's marginal tax rate is higher than anybody's, right? I mean, uh, why don't why don't we just tell everybody? And everybody thinks it's like sports gambling. Everybody thinks they're going to win, and, and a lot of people are pretty good at it. So, you know, whatever. But Copperfield the fact, saved my butt once. Really? We were at a, before my friend's, my good friend's wedding. We were, I don't know, short something. The closest place was Copperfields, ran down there and got whatever for, I you forgot did, what the reason was. So you had gin and you didn't need the tonic or what? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Oh, you know, big, big important things, and they saved our butt, so that was nice. So anyway, John, I was... Talking to Odd about, you know, the real estate prices and where they are and people's inability. And I, as I said to her, we, we clink glasses. I said, Odd, I've, I've never hoped in my life so much that you're right and I'm wrong that we're, we're teetering here. If anything bad happens, we've got a real problem. The market's real high. These prices on these houses are real high. Most people can't afford the house they're in if they have to get the new. Can we get away with it? Can, can we get through it without a problem? I sure hope so. I don't know. I mean, I, it seems like something always comes up and bites you in the ass, doesn't it, that you, don't, that you never thought about? Well, people are really going to be tested, Tom. And, you know, I'm with you. I, I hope for the best that people, you know, can be strong and weather it out. But it's going to result in a, you know, a, a challenge that I think people, maybe even our parents didn't see in the 1930s, um, where, you know, they eventually landed on their feet. But it was a tough 10-year period then he had a war to fight after that uh, um i don't know if people today are you know going to hit the, the ground running the way they they might have to i don't think they they really can get their head around what it's going to take or, or what it's going to mean in lost expect expectations and lost dreams for themselves and you know the next couple generations it's going to be a changed world and doesn't mean you'd, be, you'd have to go out and fall on your sword and be done with everything no no 
but it just, it, it just means that you have to be resilient and you have to be willing to take some the kind of hard knocks you never thought you'd have to face. And I, I hope people, you know, wake up when that happens. Um, and I think that the, the people that are strong will, you know, get through it. And I don't know what they'll look like or well, feel some, like well, some, afterwards. Somebody, somebody always gets through it. Right. I mean, you know, the in, in World War II, it ended up being a dramatic push for the economy when people got back. But the people who didn't come back, it didn't work for them so well. Right. I mean, uh, I mean, there's there's going to be somebody if there's a if there's a housing crash, which I sure hope there, hope there isn't, that is going to buy somebody's nine hundred thousand dollar house for five hundred thousand, and everything will be fine for him or her, but the first person won't be. So I mean, yeah, there's people that you know that are, that pick up the crumbs that are always going to be quote fine, but I mean, I think I actually think Jen, because we don't have the tremendous buildup and the leverage like we did in 2007, 2008 with the mortgages in Japan and all that kind of crap. I think there's a chance we probably could get through this pretty well, but it seems like our politicians don't even recognize there's a problem. Is that just their story to us, or they really believe that because they're so insulated? I I hope it's just their story. Behind the scenes, they actually know that there's problems here. There's more, there's, I mean, a the way that they keep pushing to keep the market up, I think they must know that if the market cracks, it's a problem. You know, if the yeah. market were to go down 40% or something, which, by the way, is where it was at the start of COVID. You know, I mean, uh, so it's not like we just come up from there. But uh, I, 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 do they really, I mean, does, does, does Joe Biden really think that everything's perfect and that he's done his fantastic job and Jay Pritzker, Biden's done the best thing ever and blah, 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 and we just yank a few more bucks out of these drug companies and even though we're not going to, we're still going to have homeless people grow by the day, and we're not doing anything to help them. I mean, what, as long as the state budget's okay and they're all getting their paychecks, everything's all right? I mean, I, I just wonder where we're headed with this, or any place. Yeah, I, it's it's pretty clear, Tom, back in 2008, that, you know, the, the bad news then, and it was pouring out, you know, proved to be true, alarmingly true, when we were told that, you know, the housing market wasn't going to bounce back probably until about 2015. But, you know, that's seven years after everything fell apart. Yeah. People, you know, by, that, that proved to be true by and large. Maybe even in Chicago it happened even later than that, maybe. Uh, we were kind of slow compared to, you know, the recoveries elsewhere. But if people were able to take that, that medicine. And, you know, you didn't see the, the country fall apart. And, you know, if things chugged along and, and it gradually got better for people. But we're, we're very much in a mode now where I, I think we've, we've kicked this can down the road so many times that it's going to be a longer period than seven years for things to recover. See, I, 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 I'm going to push back on that, Jack. I, that's what um, maybe, you'd make, maybe you'd make a great politician. Um, just saying. Uh, but, say <laughs> but I mean, if you go, my, my point is, and again, I, I, you know that I, I'm boring as sin when I talk about these numbers, but if if you go through the idea that back in those days the numbers were simple, before the 2007 2008 thing started, the the, the median house was was one one uh, sixty five or so. It, it makes its way back up to two thirty five with all that stuff happening with the people flipping and getting mortgages and all that stuff. So it gets to two thirty five. Somebody puts twenty percent down. That either. Either the husband and wife worked their fanny off to, to save, or it was their inheritance, or it was something. So somebody plunks down fifty grand, say, right? Buys this place, 
and, and they're happy forever. All of a sudden, the economy goes sour. Uh, they get transferred. They get something. The place is now worth 160 165 So, okay, they're transferred. They, they either leave. It gets foreclosed on. Their fifty grand is gone, or they have to actually sell it down there. The bank is whole, or maybe not, but, but they're, they're out. People only care about if the bank is out. They don't care about the person. I'm going to say the person who bought the house then at 165 and now it's back to 300 is doing swimmingly well. But that doesn't, doesn't count for the first family that's still you know, renting a two-bedroom apartment somewhere because they lost all their dough. I mean, you, you're right. It has come back, but they haven't. There are a lot of casualties in the meantime. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and people who, you know, seven years is, you know, a fraction of, of the time it's going to take for them to rebuild the wealth they yeah, lost. Right. So, you know, it's, it's very similar. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, when I, when I, I say this, I made the distinction at the time. During the 30s, the things that made it, there's, there's always business cycle recessions, okay, where, uh, you know, Dad flanning it gets laid off, paints houses for weekends for four months till he's called back for work. And your mom, who used to used to do hair, goes back to a place, works part time for a while, and, and somehow you get through it because both of them didn't have to work in the first place to carry the house. Now the house wasn't as nice, the car wasn't. I get all that part, but they all of a sudden they that, that's a business cycle recession. The, the, the plant went from two shifts to one, and now they're back to two, or they were at three, went to two, or now they're back to three. That's different then in the 30s grandma flanagan going down to the bank to pick up her three thousand bucks where they wait they their whole life to to save and the door hits her in the nose and says no more money and now her, her it's that's that's a balance sheet recession not an income recession there's a big difference you, your wealth is now gone what you saved up is gone it's not just this next week i gotta go paint a house on saturday to make up for i'm down hours at work that there's a there's huge differences between those two big occurrences I've only seen or heard about the first happening twice. One was during the Depression. One, I think, was in 2007, 2008, where you ripped the savings out of people's portfolio. And, and, and that's what I'm worried about happening again. And Because uh, that's a lot different than being laid off for a few months and then going back to work, I think. Now, am I wrong on that or what? No, and, you know, and the, in the run-up, and the, you know, the way prices you know, for real estate have gone up, the, the the collapse or the glitch, whenever it happens, will will take a much bigger chunk out of people's wealth than it did in twenty oh seven. Or, or it may not happen. We don't have the same kind of leverage. No, we don't. You know, and, and people I, are sitting I there. That, you know, yeah. The banking system is as precarious as I've seen it since twenty oh seven, twenty oh eight. In that, it, it, all the markers show that the banks cannot. Cover their losses if and when you know people start getting the you know they smell panic in the air and they want their money out and the the, the bank the country can't afford for people to go in and test the FDIC's you know capacity here to make them whole there's it there isn't enough money around to do that so it's all based on this trust that you don't never have to worry about having to do that and I, as long as we can keep people's expectations in that direction we'll be okay I I just fear that you know we had a couple big failures this year and everybody's saying these aren't going to be the last ones and i'm, I'm sure they won't be um the question is how many of them and how severe and where they're distributed around the country and i don't think anybody wants to say what are the chances of that happening but i think it's it's 
much higher than it was in 2007 or 2008, but the whole system could be imperiled. I would, I would agree. I just, you know, the, the, the funny part is, and I don't understand why. I mean, you don't, you don't want, you, you don't, you don't want people, you know, grabbing guns and going after people. But I look at this like it's almost like, you know, uh, you and I we've seen this a few times. It's almost like we're, you know, on, on some planet somewhere watching the news down here and, and laughing our ass off. I mean, the idea that the that the Fed and the Treasury is all outraged at these banks because they bought these bonds that are now worth 70% of what they bought them for, they're the ones that sold them to them. Right, <laughs> it's like, right. It's like they're, they're, the federal government's like the Mr. Haney in Green Acres. <laughs> the, the, the banks had no choice. Yeah, they had no choice. <laughs> they're the ones that sold them. It's like it's me walking out and, and selling you some car, having a thing fall apart down the, down the street and say, get that car off the street, it's an eyesore. Wait a minute. <laughs> You're, you you, you should have known. You just sold it to me. So what? It's yours now. You know, buyer beware. That's, that's exactly the dynamic. Though. It is the dynamic. I mean, how is it you and I see this stuff? How how bad can you bitch at somebody for buying bad bonds when you know what? They're your bonds. <laughs> anyway, the uh, it's just going to take time. I mean, uh, I mean, Nancy will be on in a minute, and she'll probably tell us that. Uh, what percentage of people were able to refinance their their loans down to four and a quarter or less? And if nothing bad happens, they're going to be able to withstand this for several years until things get back. I think hopefully get back. And I really hope that you know the arteries of the world are correct that we're going to be able to work our way through this. And as long as you know we don't start spending even more and more on a government level, I think there's a chance. Yeah, but I, I look at the leadership. Everybody seems to see that there's a problem, except them. Or, or maybe they do, and they just you know that's not good marketing. You know they don't want to be like Bush one that said there's a uh, what, what was what did he say something about the economy? Well, Jen, Jimmy Carter said there was a malaise, and what did Bush the other guy say? Uh, Bush some he had some line about the, uh, the economy was something something, and uh, it, it, you know I don't know if it cost me an election, but it kind of became a tagline. Uh, yeah, but you know you don't want your your uh, politicians, you know, essentially sounding like you and me, because that doesn't get them elected. But by the same token, you got to realize that there's some problems. You would think uh, there's nothing wrong with honesty, Tom, but it doesn't get you votes. You know? No, I mean, uh, oh God, no. I mean, I think I, the beautiful part was when when Clinton finally he was the first one. Well, he was the first guy that had focus groups, right, to find out what people wanted to hear, and they tell them what, he, what they wanted to hear. Right. Well, you were in a focus group. Oh yeah, <laughs> Greg. Have you ever been in one? I, I don't think they've, they're around as much. You ever been in a focus group? No. Well, no. We used to go. Doctor Klein those. What? Doctor yeah. J and I used to go all the time when we were <laughs> we first started trading floor. We didn't have any money. We'd go and it was like they used to pay in those days. It was what was it seventy five dollars a pop? And we'd oh, go, it, was, it was it was rich money in the nineteen eighties. Oh, yeah. I thought. Well, this was this was nineteen eighty two, eighty one. So we'd go and we'd put fifty bucks in our pocket, go out and have a nice dinner with the other twenty five. But I, we had some interesting ones. We had sports cars. For those who don't know what these things are, they will get. There's actually firms. They they still probably run them, don't they, Jan? I don't, I don't know. If they, you know or I'm sure they do that. I mean, whenever they you know release a product or a movie or anything else, and movies have always depended on these. You know, the comment cards after screening, and they'll change the ending of the movie if they get enough, enough bad raps about the end. Oh yeah, but so Greg, you go and it'll be like. Uh, what was the normal number, Jan? Maybe twelve people sit at a big table. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there was always some lady who was actually usually really good, 
that was orchestrated and they'd show some film or they'd show a sports car or another sports car and they'd show a color or another and they'd want your impression of every color or the sports car itself and, and everybody would just freely give their impressions on everything and they had people behind the a couple other people behind they had the two way mirrors right did you have the two way mirror stuff yeah but mm-hmm. there's people behind the mirrors where they would like judge your body language whether you're just being a, being an idiot or whether you actually believe what you were saying and they would write all this up and at the end of the night they'd flip you your cash and off you'd go and uh, I remember uh, it was something about we went for one of Mercedes and they were doing two seaters Greg and they show some some lady in a blind lady a real attractive lady driving along in this Mercedes two seater red car the one guy goes, ah, she's probably a hooker. <laughs> what, what are you talking? Goes, she didn't. She didn't buy that car because <laughs> at the time, you know, the average salary was what, like fifteen, and the cars were like fifty. So, <laughs> so then they they, uh, but but they she then they put her in like a Ford convertible, and she was fine, like a Mustang. Now she, that's where she belonged. It was, but you get the most amazing stuff out of people. You know, and I guess it I guess it means a lot to the manufacturers whether you know a color just turns everybody off or doesn't. I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all well, it's all you know. It's just it's using induction or whatever. If, if you get a sample out of you know a group of twelve people, that's very meaningful when it comes to trucking out an, an ad campaign or a product um, that you, you presume certain you know responses you know to the thing based on on what happened in the focus groups and they ran multiple versions of these with different groups of people yeah. i could tell you know, my the, the sense i always had was that they were very interested in getting the broadest possible base of people in any one group so that they would recognize the extremes you know the, the, the people who were like way turned off or way enthusiastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, want, they wanted that to kind of frame the discussion so that they knew the, the perils that they were facing and whatever they were, you know, going to try to do here. Um, and some of them were tended to be more sedate, and some of them were kind of freewheeling. But um, I'm sure they're very instructive for the people who put them together. So well, that's when Ford, when they uh, when they came out with the Edsel, they had fo- focus groups, and every single one said the thing was butt ugly, and they produced it anyway, right? <laughs> Right. <laughs> SP Futures up 21, NASDAQ Futures up 116. Giant, hang around for Nancy. We'll be right back. With sure. Nancy I'm here. Graham. Sure. We're going to go to break real quick. Nancy, Hi, we'll be right back. Hi. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trade ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks don't rely on luck get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. 
For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and jocks. Hello? Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, everyone. Stocks and jocks. I'm Greg and Greg Pappas on the board. Real quick here, because you want to get to Nancy. SP futures up 22. Here's that futures up 116. Um, I guess I'll give a couple of things from around the world here real quick. Uh, in Europe, uh, DAX up 67.4. FTSE up 6. Call that flat. CAC around up 30.4. Asia down, however. And, uh, Nikkei down 139.4%. Hang Seng down 105.5%. Shanghai, Shanghai is up, though, 26.8%. So we've got most Asia down, but mainland China up. Uh, big news here this morning. Bonds, well, they were up 6. Now they're only up 3. Uh, 4.29, the Bund up 3, Japan is up 6, which is a big news for them, up 0.71. Uh, we've got oil up down 49 cents, 87.02, but still high. We've got gold up 7 bucks, 19.49, and we've got the U.S. dollar. Uh, real quick, it's actually it's actually down today uh, with the pound up to 107, pound up to 125, and the euro up to 107. So the dollar was strong all last week, not so today. Real quick on traffic weather sports, uh, Greg, and then we'll get to Nancy. Yeah, morning, everyone. 7.36 now, 63 Chicago, 68 today, 87 in Phoenix, about 105 today, clouds and sun. Um, tennis, we got Coco Goff beating uh, Sabalenka in the U.S. Open final. Djokovic beats Medvedev in the final. Uh, ties Margaret Court at 24 Grand Slams total. White Sox lose to the Tigers 2-3. to three. Cubs beat the Diamondbacks 5-2. to two. And the Bears lose to the Packers 20-38. to 38. Um, That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. So, uh, Nance, are you, uh, how are you? Thank you for showing good. up. Good. How are you? All right. Uh, if I uh, if I tell you We're this, are you, am I going to get you to run over to Myers this morning? If what? If I tell you this, are you going to you gonna run over to Myers this morning? Why they would have, I run over to Myers? Because they have limited edition chocolate Twinkies over there available. you got to be kidding me. Yeah. I, I, when was the last time you had a Twinkie? Oh my god! Uh, third grade. Yeah, I'm thinking about that. <laughs> What's the shelf life of those things? Maybe like a cent- What do they last? Like a century? Yeah, yeah. Indestructible. Oh my god, no! I wonder if the no, cho- I didn't know that. The but cho- that brings back childhood memories. Oh yeah, like crazy. Is, it, is the chocolate one just as indestructible? You think as the other one? Good. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I will run over there and I'll get you one time. I'll mail it. Well, one thing's for sure: if we ever had fallout shelters again, instead of those wacky wafers they used to have, they'd have Twinkies, right? They'd have Twinkies. <laughs> they never, they never yeah. were. Remember them? But should they have the snowballs, the Twinkies, the cupcakes? Snowballs and the cupcakes. And then they came out with orange cupcakes. Oh yeah. God! You know my my nephew. I'll be very brief with this. We got too much stuff to talk about. We went skiing, and I buy this truck, right? We go skiing. And my nephew goes. Uncle Tom, I think my nephew's now got the two kids. And Uncle Tom, I think I dropped a cupcake in your truck. And I look back there and I go, he's nuts. So I, I sell the thing after a long, hot summer, six months later, and you know, you always go in and clean the thing out. And of course, find the change. Guess what I find? The, the, cu- cu- the, the Twinkie? The, the Postus cupcake. Nobody wanted it. There wasn't a piece of mold on it. There wasn't a bug on it. There was nothing. It was exactly <laughs> pristine when he, when he dropped it. Well, place. what'd you do? Did you eat it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't like uh, Bill Murray. It's a baby root in the, the movie, right? When he pulled the thing out of the pool. <laughs> no, I, it's but a I, baby root. Remember Ooh. that? Yeah. <laughs> they thought somebody. Oh put, God! Yeah, remember when, and, uh, what was that? Caddyshack. 
Caddyshack. <laughs> anyway, I didn't see thing, Caddyshack. But if I had to put it on the table, picture ta- alone says enough. Oh yeah, but I'll, I'll say this: if I were to put it on the table, somebody would have eaten it. It, it, it wasn't even hard. It was, it was still soft. But nobody wanted it. No other, no other creature in the world wanted a thing. What does that say about it? Uh, nothing. Anyway. Just good preservatives. <laughs> so, Nance, uh, we, I had a discussion with Odd the other night, and I, I clinked the glass and really hope she's... Are, are we going to get out of this okay with these houses higher than people can afford, even though some people can, and these <laughs> rates higher? I mean... What's your, what's your? And we're gonna get the market's not gonna crack down. We're gonna we're gonna somehow be American and get through this without a problem. I think there's a chance. I don't know if I, what, I don't know how I'd handicap it though. What do you think? I don't know. I, I, of course, we're gonna get out of it. I mean, what what choice do we have? We're Americans. That's Where true. are we gonna go? Europe? Yeah, that's the truth. My puppy. Mouth. I mean, everybody what? else is is trying to you know come here, so. It's got to be better. I mean, I just drove by the uh, police station, what was it, about 10 days ago, maybe, a year ago? The one downtown, yeah. you know, on uh, State. And uh, the people were doing their laundry and hanging it outside. And it really didn't look like they were having any trouble down there. So well, you know I'd say we're going to survive it. You know what's kind of, well, I don't want to go off on a tangent here because I want to talk about real estate, but when we signed this, uh, what did we do here? When 9-11 happened or something else happened? We we spent all this money. It wasn't even a bill, John, with the uh, the Patriot Act. Was it that one? There was another one too, where we were going to have this ability that if anything bad happened, be it floods or dirty bombs or whatever it was, to get people to move people out of cities, to have a place to house them, you know, all those kinds of things. To where something happened in downtown Chicago, we could get forty thousand people out of here right away to some place, and we we supposedly. Was was like hundreds of billions of dollars. Where did that money go? You you would think housing twenty thousand people right now that came here either, however they got here, or because there was a fire, because there was a you know, somebody let loose a germ. Some you would think that we would be able to do that very easily. Didn't we spend all that money on something? Where did it go? I think they spent it on advertising. Remember the ads, Tom? You know, I have a plan. Get contact numbers of yeah. a tornado or a nuclear blast or whatever. You know, some agreed upon gathering place, but it never told you where those places were. Well, at least in the days of the fallout shelter, Nance, before your time in the schools, I was, uh, as a janitor, I was key personnel. So I had keys for everything, right? I actually went into a couple of the floor fallout shelters, and there they were. If it, They said this could hold 100 people or 100 cats. There were... I don't know how many, probably 200 five-gallon things of water. There was enough. There was some medicine stuff. There were blankets. There were 100 people could have survived there. What was the fallout time, John? Two weeks or something? Yeah. And, uh, Did you see Twinkies? Uh, no, these, these were these wacko wafers. They look oh, like, I they, didn't see the wacko Oh, yeah, they, they look like graham crackers. They were just oh. boxes and boxes of them, all, all tightened up, all wrapped real tight and everything, and you're supposed to live on those things, that and water and... And a blanket. There you go. You were good to go. But at least, but at least they, they were there. You know. Now we spent the dough. We don't know where it is. I mean, the idea of ten thousand people having to to put them up for six months should not be a, a huge. I mean, it's not something you want to do. But why is it such a big deal? If if all this stuff was already prepared. For five minutes about how to do it. Yeah. All right, Nance. What, what's going on in your business? Uh, I assume there's not a whole lot of refis, but. Uh, how many people? Well, how many people are, <laughs> are 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 there cracks? Are people having to sell houses? Are are people getting transferred? Are people getting laid off? I don't see that yet. I hope I hope there's none of it. But. No, there's no. Uh, well, 
um, let's put it this way. I believe that um, there's just really nothing going on. I believe there are layoffs coming for people. Um, I, of course, that will not be talked about. So it's hard to, hard to predict what's going to happen. But I, I do believe there are layoffs coming. I mean, I think people are in certain industries are going to get hurt again. You know how something ever since I've been an adult, I mean, it started with um, the oil in Texas and it just keeps going and going and then shipping stuff overseas. I've never seen it not stop. What it'll be this time, I don't know, but it's going to be something. Well, is, is Software, is, is, I don't know. Software seems to be the spot. Yeah, um, IT. IT, yeah. some kind of IT because, you know, Silicon Valley just got hit. So, um, all you can say is you know, will we survive it? Absolutely. But um, will we be in Twinkies? Maybe. But we're going to survive it. And well, you right, know, right what now, makes America great, who knows? But, I mean, it's, it's according to what they say everywhere else, America is great. Well, when we we have uh, houses that uh, we had a constriction in supply, not many people were building during COVID. So right now, if somebody has to sell their house, they're okay. Right now, the question is: If 100 people have to sell their house, would they all be okay? That, right now, it's okay because 100 don't have to. Correct. Correct. Right. 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 Um, and and um, when we had 2008, 2009, I mean, who would have ever thought the government would just come up with harp loans and right, you know, make all this stuff go away? So my my gut is with the upcoming election in a year. Things will be still okay. Now, after that, I don't know. But what, what, um, would, it t- what would it take? Well, I mean, it's, a, it's a real tough question. But you know, you've been around a while, and we trust your judgment. Right now, you know, Audrey seems to think that, uh, and, and Audrey knows the two of you are about as good as it gets in your business. Audrey is convinced that if 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 there were ten houses on the market right now, she could sell all ten. Um, I'm not so sure that if there were a hundred on the market. She wouldn't think we got a problem. I mean, I'm 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 speaking for her. Where, where do you suppose the where, where's where's the where's the teeter totter number there? Gosh, I don't know, but I know that there's a there's a shift. People that have money are looking to um, are okay looking to spend it, but everybody wants this deal when they get it. In other words, if it's not a deal, maybe they're not getting it because they know that there's a disparity now. In um, there's a disparity between people. If people really have to get out, right? They're just pouncing to take advantage. So I don't know. Um, and if you so, let's just say there were a hundred, right? I think they would have to be more turnkey than. Um, Rehab. Well, you say most that, of the, like yesterday, most of the people I talked to, I said, "Where do you live?" They told me, and then they said, I said, "Well, why would you want to leave? Because it's not really that far away from you know where we were at." And they said, "Oh, yeah, the house needs a lot of work, a lot of updating, and you know we're not going to do that." So I saw that turn yesterday. In other words, they bought this house at a deal, right? They bought the house they were in now is a deal, and they thought they would take a self project on in. Rehab it, but they really don't want to do that. Well, I mean, houses to, to essentially they, they wear out. I mean, 
you know, but correct. Maybe, I mean, maybe. they do houses do need to be up, updated, and um, people uh, do want you know things that are not dated, supposedly, right? Uh, then, then you've got a section that just wanted clean and livable, right? And they could get along with that. But right now, I, I don't even know. There's nothing even available. There's not enough available to you to make a decent decision as to what will fly. But after what I saw yesterday, I would say it's more the deal. They're looking for the deal, and they're looking for something they don't have to update. So out of the 100, if you had a 100 turnkey, there probably would be a good percentage, maybe 80% would go. Well, but if they're yeah. if they're rehabs, I don't think so. Well, because the cost the cost of rehab and the time and finding people is very difficult right now. I mean, it's right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So the question is, if you had a hundred ready to go, possibly that that might work. But who's going to buy it from them? Plus, I can't. Isn't I, I can't. I can't lob any aspersions at these older people because I, I'm assuming they're older. Uh, I uh, used to remodel homes when I was working. I did that on weekends and nights. And at one time, I bought a house and did it while I was living there. Oh God, never again! You know, little bits, little bits well, and pieces, maybe. But last thing you want is every time you, you those days you used to wear suits. And every time you put your suit in the closet, you had to brush the plaster dust off it. I mean, it's that, that makes it tough. <laughs> Even yeah, I didn't yeah. like that. I, I can't imagine if I have a family. I, I'm sure the wife surely wouldn't like that. Uh, but no, I mean, I guess when when you say people have money, it's because. The house you're trying to, or Audrey's trying to sell somebody might be 600000 and the people that are trying to buy it are selling their place for 500000 So it's really only a 100000 trade, and one's fixed and one isn't. So that's that's essentially a fair trade, right? Well, it could be because what's going to cost you to rehab your house, and then where are you going to get the materials? Who's going to do it, right? Yeah. These home fixer-uppers, people were doing them themselves. Well, all of a sudden, now that idea is getting caustic, so where do you go from there? Well, I tell you what, so, for somebody who's done it, if you if you learn how to to uh, I'll use a manufacturing engineer, if you if you know how to, to to price out a house in terms of time, which is hard to do, you can the material parts real easy, but your, in terms of your time, if you start talking about it's going to take me a thousand hours, which if you had a group of ten, you know that that's what three weeks work. It's not a big deal. But if it's you, a thousand hours on weekends and nights, that's 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 like a really long time. Right. And then like someone said to me yesterday, what do you think it would be to, you know, paint the house? And I said, I, I would think twenty grand. And somebody said, Yeah, just a gallon of paint is eighty bucks. I don't know yeah. if that's tr- I mean, I don't know if that's true. Um, it's more like forty, but you can pay eighty if you want to get a raw floor in, you pay a hundred. So I I don't know what to say, but I know like when we're talking about this, um, we don't have a lot of control. I mean, before you used to see things and it was a boom and a rush. And um, like in 2007, 2008, you just saw people walking walking away. Um, this, this, the cards aren't in yet. The tea leaves, you can't read them just yet. Well, how many, uh, this is, we don't be talking out of school, but out of the last 100 mortgages, Make it real big. I'll go back a long way. Last two hundred mortgages you've given. How many of them can be afforded by one of the breadwinners in the family? Oh, not many. Maybe that's a low number. Maybe thirty percent, thirty, thirty, forty percent. Out of all the things, well, that, it's out of all the things that scare me about this, that's probably the the number that scares me the most. Well, and you know. 
But then it can change in a year. I mean, everything changes. You know, people say they can't afford things, right? And then I just found out this past week that a carton of cigarettes is $150. They say it's $15 a pack. Oh, I don't know. I, 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 yeah. I haven't been so long. I mean, I never, yeah, I never, but I'm I saying never if that's cigarettes. a true number, if that's a true number, that's 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 huge. Well, John, what's a, what's a that's pack? That's huge. Gray, what's a pack of cigarettes? Is it 10 bucks? Well, there's, well, how many packs are in a it's carton? 15 in Chicago, isn't there? Right, 15, and how many are in a carton? 10? Got to be. 10 yeah. in a carton. So it's, that's I don't know what cartons were 20 bucks or less. Yeah, well, that's why you got to go to Indiana, I guess. People still do that? I, was, I wasn't even a smoker, but you knew what those prices were. You know? Well, I knew, I mean, we knew what we were when we were growing up. I mean, a carton of cigarettes back, I don't know, in the day was like, what, four bucks? Three bucks? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I know what cigarettes were because my, we had a little penny candy store in the, in the hood. Ann's was the name of the place in, in the front part of our house. And she wouldn't sell cigarettes to kids unless you brought a note from your mother. So I would bring the note from the mother, and I think they were at what was a pack was probably a buck and a half or something somewhere in there, I guess. And uh, there's a job, Nancy. Even you, your patients, you couldn't handle. She had like probably fifty different kinds of penny candy, right? And kids would put mm-hmm. like fifteen cents up there and give me one of those and two of those. No, 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 make that two of these. <laughs> That's what I like all day. The lady had the patience of just Solomon, for God's sake. I would have, I'd have been shooting kids or something. What do you mean? <laughs> Tell me what you want. That's what you're getting, type of thing. Tell you what, the candy was good though. Penny candy. Just saying. <laughs> but uh, so what? It was all fresh. Oh God, yeah, and and they had yeah, Snickers, they had they had uh, Twinkies in there too. You could buy Twinkies, but uh, comic books, ice cream, yeah. all this. We had one of the. It was Annie's too, Pat. My neighborhood. God, it was. Uh, this was like her living room and dining room. She lived in the back. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, like, it was a storefront, and she lived in back of it. Oh God, but uh, so Nancy, I mean, uh, the industry, the mortgage industry, is is uh, you guys are on a, a bad time, right? In terms of people working there and stuff. You've had layoffs in your industry, it's, correct? Yes, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I know how to process my own loans, so thank God for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I Thank God I know how to do it all. But, um, yeah, everybody's, most mostly everybody's been laid off. And, when, and, when, and what, where do they all land? They have switched into other items, <clears throat> other things. So, um, in fact, I just was in Florida last week, and... Um, uh, Things were not going well with the deal I have, and um, I was getting upset. And finally, I just said, "This is just these are inappropriate responses." I mean, we're not asking for the world. I'm asking to help your client help themselves. So we'll get it when we get it. Is it an answer? It's not appropriate. And um, the lady in the pool says to me, um, "Do you do more? Do you do, you do mortgages or anything to do with them?" And I said, "Well, of course I do. Why else would I be speaking?" Like and she said, yeah, I just got laid off. So, um, and I said, when did you get laid off? And she said, about nine months ago, which is about probably the time it was turning. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of people in the pool were laid off. And I was like, wow, not everyone was with mortgages. I mean, some were with, um, in your industry. I mean, it's just it's just not good for certain industries right now, and that's just the way it is. Well, the last ten years have been so. brutal for anybody who trades, tra- you know, trading industry. There's no no market makers yeah. left. They have three or four firms that do this great job, or, or so they'll tell you they are. What? Um, where? I mean, I guess we've got this huge spread in prices in, in some of these 
areas, uh, you see the median median home is is four hundred thousand. So that's kind of is that where it is in your guys' area? That's what that's that's what they say nationwide. Is it kind of where you are? Or are you guys higher or lower? I think I think where I live is probably a little bit lower. Is lower. It's lower than four hundred where I live. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's what, lower three eighty five something like that. I mean, it's not three three hundred. I would think it's. I would think it's. Three twenty-five, three fifty, maybe somewhere in there. Okay, but it's you know at least it's still somewhat affordable, and that's the thing. If people are sitting out on the sideline right now, I don't know how they're going to get back in because all these prices going up is just because they're of supply and demand, not because the you know house miraculously turned into a palace. You know, it's not Monopoly where you can just go by and keep collecting your money, and all of a sudden I bought a hotel and it got better. How how uh, brutal are some of the in this area? I know, like in Florida or something, insurance had to be one of the uh, the topics of discussion at the pool. But here, is the insurance and taxes still still nicking people, or is that uh, or is that t- died down a little bit? Uh, insurance is is okay. That you know, um, this uh, Cook just got reassessed. It will just got reassessed both counties. So um, we will see how much damage there is to that next year which is bad i mean let's face it nobody knows what it really means in uh, way you, of their taxes don't you don't you give mortgages to people where the taxes are more than a mortgage absolutely absolutely that's been going on for a long time really? especially in will jupage grundy i mean all those counties are very expensive what do you think of that jen everybody's more expensive than cook really yeah the city itself has great if you live in the city there your taxes are the most reasonable i've ever seen it's when you get into the suburbs the cook county suburbs that they're higher but they're not as bad as like will cook i mean will to page grundy well what's going to yeah. happen with uh when it's we only have a few minutes here it's more of a giant question but these buildings downtown john are, are they like we have our building here is doing pretty well they have three floors vacant out of 12. Uh, they're going to send them the same bill as last year and expect to get the check or what? They'll try. You know, they, like, they can certainly challenge it. They'll, tr- they'll try to send them the same bill or higher. But, but you, Nancy, you're right. Everybody in Chicago complains constantly about taxes, but compared to other places, we're not doing so bad, I'll tell you. <laughs> no, they're I'm, not. I'm, and they don't, they don't realize it at all. I mean, when I say that to somebody, they're like, what? And I'm like, if you live in the city proper, your taxes are very reasonable. And they're like, we have to pay water. And I'm like, water? I mean, people that I, um, one place I worked, they would come in and take a shower at work, not to use their water at home. Um, so, and they they don't even realize that Lake Michigan water isn't even available in all the suburbs. Well, so people are just misinformed or uninformed. But what do you do, Nancy or Jen? Uh, I used to live in Evergreen Park, right? That's where we grew up, and uh, after we left, you know, the back of the yards in Chicago. But Evergreen Park's taxes were always way less in Chicago because they had the Evergreen Plaza, and all of a sudden, Evergreen Plaza, which was uh, who was the guy? Was his first retail? Oh, uh, Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Rubloff. Rubloff, yeah. yeah. So the, the, the Plaza basically carried Evergreen Park. Huge. There's only twenty five thousand people live there. The Plaza was huge. So all of a sudden, the Plaza goes under, and they give these huge tax deals to Walmart and Menard. So even though there's maybe almost as many square feet, they're not doing as well as they did with the plaza. So all of a sudden Evergreen Park now is actually a lot higher than Chicago, correct? 
Same yep. thing happened with the people out in, uh, like, Flossmore and those areas because didn't Lincoln Mall go down or something? Yeah, Lincoln, all, yeah, and Madison, Richard Park, all those places really took a huge hit in their taxes when that folded. Oh, so what? So what's yeah. going to happen to Chicago when downtown is basically down? And the Board of Trade it's building. Happened here too, Tom. Is, is it the same kind of magnitude? I mean, one seventy-five and Board of Trade, those buildings. What they used to pay millions of dollars, right? Yep. And now, now they're well, and all the you know the breaks that were given to various you know companies to come in and build headquarters or plants or whatever. I mean, that's that's that glosses off of that. It's working in the other direction now. Um, and you know, times that used to be flush, uh, they're going to have to scramble to make up the deficit now. So. I really think when when you know the dust settles about what's happening in downtown Chicago, everybody in the city is going to see a jump in their taxes like they were expecting. Well, I, don't, I think you were at the point where you can't get blood out of a turnip. I don't know how much more people can pay. I mean, it just well, but but all these things you guys are talking about are going to affect us. So when you're yeah. saying you know what's going to happen, these are still unknown items to come, unforeseen, yeah. unintended consequences that. Nobody even realizes coming. Well, I'll... so they got to get downtown back up and running, and I don't know if our mayors are going to realize that, but they're going to. If they don't, that's going to be. If anything, this that could be the start of the downfall. Yeah, it's a. Uh, but we have water. We do have water, especially when yeah. today because it rained. Right, <laughs> but we do have water. Hey, wait, one one real quick question, and I'll let you guys go because we, we're out of time. Uh, how is it that? We don't know if we're enemies or not with China, and all of a sudden we just the state just gave some Chinese company a gazillion dollars to open up a plant here in Illinois. How, how did, are they not reading the same news we are? How, does, how did they? That's an electric vehicle battery plant. Pritzker was touting. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> I, I I don't know. It's kind of just seems kind of strange. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, or but they probably started working on it long before we were pissed at China. But still, it's. I guess I was a little surprised to hear that, considering everything else that's going on between us and China. Anyway, it's like having an infectious disease, you know, Chinese research facility in California. Go figure with that. Yeah, God. <laughs> John, John always comes up with something, doesn't he? Nancy, thank you. It's been a while with the Monday Mondays we had off. It's good to have you back. Maybe I'll even see you one of them. Maybe I'll see you one of these days. John, same thing with yes. you. Maybe I'll even see you one of these days. <laughs> yeah, well, we just all have stop. to get together, drive through the same McDonald's line because that's all we'll be able to afford. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> SP, they're raising the way they're raising their prices. We might be, you have to go somewhere else. SP Futures up 24, <laughs> Nasdaq Futures up 127. Right, see you guys. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. 